Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for April 19th, 2020, the second Sunday of Easter. And we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how you doing? I'm doing well, but I'm not at Holy Family Episcopal Church. I'm at home. I am in Fishers, Indiana, but I am also at home, and uh, we're coming. We're 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 bringing this to you. We're gonna we're switching up a little bit of the way that we do the uh, the audio. So fingers crossed, uh, the the pairing of it uh, works out a little bit better. Um, but uh, um, this is uh, this is still continues to be uncharted territory. I think for both of us, uh, um, uh, the the uh, the quarantine, as it were, or the stay at home order, uh, drags on. And uh, um, we are finding uh, new ways uh, to uh, break uh, computers and, uh, <laughs> and and find some sort of technological error uh, here or there. Uh, but uh, but uh, I, I hope uh, everything's well with you. Are you and Kathy doing well? Yeah, we're doing pretty well. Good. Dogs are good. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, cats are good on our end too. So, uh, so uh, uh, just uh, it's it's always good to talk to another human being um, outside <laughs> your immediate family. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. They're all tired of me um, as they roll their eyes at me, uh, uh, literally as they do this. Uh, so, uh, well, let's move on to our uh, our word of the day, Bruce. And uh, today's uh, word, if you're following along, if you're playing at home, would be a J word, starting with a J, and today's word is justification. Oh, okay. Well, So how do you think the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church uh, defines justification? Well, probably better than I will. And <laughs> basically, it's a, a, ter- a term that try- that's, re- that's about us getting right with God, is the, the base of it. And once you get beyond that, people have been fighting about it probably since the first time anyone uttered it, which, at least in writing, I believe was um, St. Paul. But mm-hmm. anyway, what some people see is as crucial is a justification by faith alone, where mm-hmm. it's just we rely totally on God. And in the letter of James, we see uh, a nuance on that, where James writes about it being also balanced with good works, that you have to, be, you have to demonstrate what it is that you say you believe uh, mm-hmm. and what you have faith in. And so from the various earliest days of Christians trying to do theology, we've been in disagreement about what it means to actually be justified in the eyes of God. Yeah, uh, absolutely right. Uh, that, that's a uh, word for word. Are you reading? No, no, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it is it, it, absolutely right. The only thing that I think uh, uh, that I would add to the definition according to the dictionary, which is interesting, um, it's, they don't just say that it's being set in a right relationship uh, to God within the covenant. They also define it as a right relationship to another person or to God. Oh, okay. So they they throw in uh, the definition of uh, how we interact with our fellow man, uh, which I found uh, uh, kind of interesting. Um, yeah, that it's not just your your relationship with God, but I guess if uh, if you you take that thought process to the next level. Uh, God is in all things, so your uh, 
justification uh, with another person would also be a justification with God. Sure. And really, you could say with all creation. Exactly. Exactly right. So uh, that's your that's your J word of the day. Um, and um, there, there's a whole bunch, of actually, of, of course, as, as always is the case. If you want to learn more about it, go out to the dictionary and uh, the, uh, uh, what is this, uh, EpiscopalChurch.org slash library slash glossary. Uh, you can see all these words that I pull up. Uh, and uh, justification has a whole bunch of 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 a of historical context uh you know going to you know you know in 1987 this happened and in 1412 <laughs> that happened and and so they, they give a whole bunch more uh yeah. so if you ever if you're ever wanting to to learn more about the word uh, uh sometimes i read it in, in full because it's it's super fascinating and other times it's a it's it's a dissertation <laughs> on, yeah on, it's not like you're going to read the, off the footnotes yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I encourage you to do that, uh, but on your own time. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, let's move on to our first reading. Um, and the first reading uh, today, Bruce, is, uh, um, I don't know, how common is this that our first reading comes from uh, the book of Acts? Uh, usually it's, it's an Old Testament reading. Is this, a, is this an Easter thing? Yes. Yeah, through the season of Easter, we'll have uh, uh, the first reading being from the book of Acts. It's where, it's when we really focus on it. But even having the great 50 days of Easter, it's not enough to cover the whole book. So I'll say what I usually say at the end of talking about any particular passage. This is a good one to sit down and read front to back in its entirety mm -hmm. in as few sittings as possible. And you really will get a much better sense of what the early church was about and what the uh, early followers of Jesus were trying to work through in figuring out what was, what was Christianity supposed to be, even though they weren't even using that term yet. So this is a, as a result of the monumentous event that we just celebrated. Um, the following weeks, we've kind of shift our focus to uh, that period of time relating to resurrection and post-resurrection right is that the reason why right. we kind of uh, it, we ignore the old testament There's, you know that's it, it's, it's gone for what seven weeks <laughs> six right. weeks i guess because on easter we uh on easter we read uh, uh uh from the old testament if i'm not mistaken uh but uh but we also but, uh, read from so, acts yeah and we also read from acts uh so second through the seventh uh sunday is that how it, that how it works right. and then and then uh, I'm not sure if uh, we come back to Old Testament readings in no at Pentecost. Uh, so right. Um, so uh, all the way to Pentecost, and then then we then we go into the season after Pentecost. My one of my favorite uh, uh, long poorly, green season. Poorly phrased. It really needs a marketing jazz uh, uh, to 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 uh, uh, reinvigorate it. That's just such a such a bland title. Come on. <laughs> Well, we're literally getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> complaining that about that. That is true. That is true. So, uh, uh, circle back uh, to uh, so so this Sunday's first reading is from the book of Acts. Nothing from uh, the Old Testament, uh, and uh, Acts chapter two, verses fourteen a, and then twenty two through thirty two. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. 
You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he is a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of all of that all of us are witnesses. So, um, first things first, and, and, and uh, you might have prepped for it uh, just as I kind of pointed it out before I started reading. We jump from 14a to 22, um, and so there's like a seven and a half verse gap here. Um, uh, obviously, they, they throw in 14a to, to establish who's speaking and to, and to whom, um, uh, like kind of setting the scene. But uh, why do we do – is there anything in there that, we, that we're skipping that, that uh, uh, is of interest or is it just uh, um, further context for setting up the scene? What we're what we're skipping is a commentary on the first Pentecost that occurs at the beginning of chapter two. So okay, um, so Peter starts this speech with talking about this is what you just saw, and then where we pick up is the part of the speech that isn't simply referring back to the gift of the Holy Spirit to the people speaking in various foreign languages and the flames over their heads and that, that whole scene. Mm, okay. Okay. And then, uh, and then we go into, um, this, what would you call this? Is it like a proclamation? What is the, I mean, yeah. it kind of has that, has that yeah, feel, that vibe to it. Yeah. It's a proclamation. It's, it's a sermon, um, to the people gathered there about, what is the meaning of Jesus in particularly in relationship to the Hebrew scriptures and um, to King David? Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then, um, so he kind of goes through um, a, and, and I guess in a way this, this, uh, it kind of handedly serves as a, as the first reading and it kind of, it kind of delves into a little bit of uh, old Testament ism. Yeah. Um, talking about David, uh, King David, and um, uh, some of the uh, some of the stories about him and things that uh, historical context of some things that he said, so the Israelites would have would have recognized some of these quotes. Um, um, and uh, um, so he's Peter is just kind of um, 
carrying forward the story and kind of helping it solidify it for the Israelites? Is there like a, what is, what is the context of what he's trying to, is he just trying to help them make sense of what they've just seen? Well, yes. And also trying to um, make sense of the whole resurrection event that people are still trying to make sense of, of course. I mean, well, of course we're still trying to make sense of it in this day, but particularly mm -hmm. in the, weeks immediately after. And so this is Peter saying, look, this is not something that's out of the blue. It's completely in continuity with all that we know about the one true God. And David wrote about it and you know, spoke about it, and his words were written down. And the Psalms sing about it. And so this, while this is certainly surprising, it should not be seen as impossible. Okay. Okay. Was there, would there have been like a, uh, the, the possibility of them internalizing this in a, in a different way? Was there like a fear of like, uh, oh, they, they, they could, um, there's this, I don't know, I, I'm lobbing out a thought here, but it, like, uh, you know, oh, there's, there's stories from, from the, Roman side of things of like, you know, a day will come like prophecies that, that, that occur outside of, um, the nation of Israelites that, that, that he, is he like steering them towards a, a definition, uh, for, for any fear of misinterpretation or. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, from the, again, from the earliest days, right through to the present and will happen in the future, people in any spiritual tradition, but. I know Christianity best, are constantly going off track and mm. trying to describe or attribute to God things that have nothing to do with God and overlooking the things that do have to do with God. And so it's very much the, the same task, task that church people have today of saying, no, you know, God does not... In, intend the COVID-19 virus to do this. And mm. it doesn't show a lack of faith to not gather in church. God doesn't want us to be plague carriers. Uh, you know, there are all sorts of crazy Christian things going on right now. Fortunately, I don't see them in the Episcopal Church. But this, mm -hmm. in a sense, is Peter trying to prevent his version or his time's version of that. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, that, that would be uh, for, for if, if I were in Peter's shoes, and thank God I'm not, because uh, boy, would I have failed uh, <laughs> uh, brilliantly, but I would have failed uh, quite spectacularly. Um, uh, the that would have been one of my first, you know, uh, fears had I had a chance to think about it. Of like, oh my gosh, you know. People could really go off the rails with, yeah. <laughs> with how to interpret uh, what they've seen and what they've heard, and uh, um, um, even even you know the, then just as much as now there, there's a a, a a potential fear of of uh, people suddenly thinking that that uh, uh, all of this overshadows uh, everything in the world and nothing matters anymore. Right. And, you know, I don't have to be, uh, kind and, and, and mob rule reigns or, you yeah. know, like all sorts of, uh, uh, terrible, uh, potential interpretations of what's going on. Very much uh, so. 
So um, that's that's kind of an interesting an interesting hook to experience in in literally this modern day. Right. Right. Um, anything other than the obvious of uh, uh, that 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 uh, uh, we could go on and on. Uh, anything else uh, that uh, um, well, just to, is interesting to point out. Anything that he throws in here that I'm that, that's kind of like a curveball that uh, maybe is missed by the modern ear or eye. Well, it's it's interesting that, and this happens quite a bit in the Book of Acts, um, that Peter uses what's around him. And mm -hmm. in this case, he refers to the tomb of King David and being able to say, look, that has not been opened. David has not been resurrected. And mm. we all know where Jesus was laid and that tomb is empty. So that's part, that's a major underlying context of this whole speech. Were they in, in a spot where the, the tomb of David uh, was visible? It was a very well-known landmark in Jerusalem, so I'm not sure if they were within sight of it, but mm. certainly people were well aware of it. You know, sort, gotcha. sort of like saying, you know, you know, the capital in the center of Indianapolis. Well, ba 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 ba. Right. Had they had they had the desire, they could have left this speech and gone and visited right. the tomb of David. Right. Okay. Yeah, and you know, gotten a mug at the gift store and the whole nine yards. <laughs> I mean, it was a major, major model. More of a, more of a t-shirt guy myself, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, any, anything? No, that's probably pretty good for this one. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, then we'll move on to uh, the book of, uh, the first uh, book of Peter, uh, uh, chapter one, verse three through nine. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while, while you have had to suffer various trials. For that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that through that, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Um, first things first, and I cannot remember. I know we've covered it on the podcast before. the 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 book of the first book of Peter. Uh, do we have an idea as to the author, or is this one of those mysterious ones? It's a mysterious one who is writing and wants to is writing and wants to dedicate it to Peter and have it serve Peter's teachings and memory. And so um, while there's almost no way at all that it was written by Peter, um, certainly it's, it was someone who was familiar with the ministries and theology of Peter. Oh, okay. So this is, this is done in the style of Peter. It's not done in the style of Paul. Okay. Right. Right. Not at all. Yeah, otherwise it probably would have been attributed to Paul. But 
Gotcha. Instead, it, it's attributed to Peter and is in gotcha. honor of Peter. Okay. Well, I know sometimes the books are attributed to the author, and sometimes they're attributed they're they're named after the uh, uh, the destination or uh, who they're right. who they're written to or who collected them or um, uh, so. There, okay, there so is this a, is there is an interesting, very trivial, really probably for most people, but church geeks like me love it. Um, is that we can narrow down the dating of it by the vocabulary used to being between. Um, 70 and 90 after the mm. birth of Jesus. Okay. That, uh, but I won't go into the minutia of it, but it's really clear that it's in this particular window of what's going on historically in the Roman Empire. And that's one of the reasons why it's not as likely that it's written by Peter. Is there's a very good chance he had already been martyred by that, by 60. Okay. And and uh, so, so uh, the it is tying together. Um, th this is this is the the same Peter. I know there, there's a, there's a number of people in the uh, uh, New Testament, uh, particularly who share the you know similar names. This is the same Peter we just read. Uh, this is the same right. Peter who, uh, well, it, designed after uh, uh, let's say uh, the same Peter who uh, we just read from in Acts. Um, it does kind of. Uh, it does kind of read almost a little bit like a prayer. I know it's Very opening so. uh, the book, uh, um, so um, I'm wondering if that's kind of like a peace and greetings to you, kind of a kind of a uh, opener, uh, like a you know let's let let us open this book in prayer <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, but uh, yeah, it, what, it's call, it's yeah. often called the opening blessing. Okay. So yeah, you're completely um, correct that it's it's a prayer form. Okay. All right. Well then, hey, I'm not I haven't <laughs> I haven't you have woken up enough this, uh, early morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um uh so any any it kind of in a way it kind of feels like what we just read in Acts. Uh not so much because obviously in Acts that he was talking about um, um, the explanation of of uh, Christ conquering death and uh, being risen, and this is more uh, um, just talking about general faith in Him. But it, it it feels like it's it's going after like the same kind of point of of let me help the, help clarify this uh, for you as well. Let me uh, let me help shape uh and, and form uh maybe some of your fears and doubts although you have not seen him you have loved him uh, right and that's okay uh, uh writing to uh if it's dated somewhere between 70 and 90 uh, uh vast uh, amounts of the potential audience uh would have known nothing of of uh of having experienced these actual events themselves um oh, right so right so, so that that part's kind of interesting to me uh, that he kind of addresses that and 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 is talking about how even though you weren't there and you didn't get to witness this kind of thing uh, yourself, um, you 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 still have that connection with him, and it's not just for you know the the several thousand people who had you know personal private interactions with him over the course of his lifetime. It's for all of us. Um, yeah, and. Again, by the, the date he's talking about this, many people wouldn't have even been born 
when Jesus was born. Uh, and right. some may have not right. even been born when he was resurrected. So yeah, a lot, yeah. a a lot of the folks, yeah, a lot of the folks he's talking to are really second generation Christians, uh, mm -hmm. just judging by general lifespans, both then and now, uh, that if so, so someone could easily be in their thirties, uh, when this was written and therefore mm -hmm. be a post resurrection human. <clears throat> um, now let's, let's, um, let's peel back the curtain a little bit here on verse six. Uh, he says, uh, in this we rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, what's going on, um, uh, during this period of time that, um, would be trials and tribulations for, for the, uh, second generation Christians. Well, it wouldn't, he's writing, not just one thing to remember is that Christians and, um, Judaism are not fully uh, separated at this point. And okay. so uh, some of the people who will hear this are also people who wouldn't consider them followers of Christ themselves, followers of Christ, but, but are worshiping with the people who do consider themselves that way since the um, two communities would often worship together and see themselves as one, just like, oh, okay, you're one of those guys who follows Christ. I'm one of those guys who doesn't. And we'll still worship together on the Sabbath in the synagogue. But mm -hmm. con so, consequently, all these folks have heard of and perhaps even witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans and had to flee out of the, what we now call the Holy Land. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's what the introduction that we skip um, talks about, is that these okay. are the people that have been scattered out of Jerusalem into uh, Asia, the area uh, that's uh, a lot of it's now Turkey and um, places like that, uh, because they were literally losing the revolution, the, the rebellion that was taking place in the Judean area. The yeah. Romans were wiping them out. So many of them were refugees. And so they okay. had suffered many trials and tribulations. And not because they were Christians, but because they were Jewish. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I couldn't remember if this was, uh, uh pre-destruction of Jerusalem, uh, or it's, post. Yeah. That, that's why there's that 60 date because it talks about through the vocabularies of the vocabulary used, the insulting vocabulary used towards the Romans after they destroyed the temple. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that's how we know it's after the destruction of the temple after 60. Gotcha. Um, any, anything else? Uh, um, and, and I guess, I guess verse seven kind of feeds into that. You're more precious than, than gold. So all that, you know, uh, every, all the, the beautiful facets of, of, you know, um, the, the, the temple and everything right. uh, that's perishable and, and you're tested by fire. This is a, you know, this, this very, the, these trials that I'm referring to are, you know, are, are hardening you into, uh, um, a, a useful tool that, that is not, you know, you're not, you're not being destroyed by this fire. You're being molded. Right. And the way that Romans destroy towns was with fire. And so mm -hmm. the temple, uh, was burned. There's archaeological evidence for that great fire. 
uh, crack the stones is, you know, you may think, oh, it's a stone building, why burn it? It cracks the stones and therefore makes it impossible to rebuild with them. Um, mm. And obviously there were lots of other things that were flammable within the buildings. So, yeah, it, it's a, a painful and appropriate metaphor for people who, if they didn't witness it, were very aware of the destruction of the temple and how heartbreaking that was. Mm. Okay. Um, anything, anything else from this uh, reading from First Peter? Nope, that's probably good for today. And then let's move on to John chapter 20, verse 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. Uh, if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand is in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Um, <clears throat> very familiar story, Doubting Thomas. Um, Little Doubting Thomas, yes. We always, we always uh, give, uh, he, he kind of gets a bad rap, uh, I think, uh, even though, let's face it, we'd be no better. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is uh, this is this is us incarnate in 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 this story. We 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 would we would have lived uh, uh, out uh, Thomas's uh, reaction. I have a feeling, uh, by and large. Um, but uh, uh, two things and, stand out to me. If, oh, go ahead. Hold that thought. So, um, <clears throat> sure. the other thing is, it's fascinating to look in John at the role Thomas plays. That. If we just remember Thomas from this one story, we think of him as, uh, you know, the, the last of the apostles, just a notch above Judas. Yeah. But in John, he often serves a very key narrative purpose. Like he was the one who, um, a few weeks ago, we heard say, "Hey, let's go to Jerusalem and be martyred with Jesus." He's really one of the leaders of the apostles, or at least the one who's given the voice of the apostles. So. Whenever we mm -hmm. hear Thomas, just like you just said, it's a moment to include ourselves because Thomas often, in a sense, speaks the voice of the everyday Christian. Hmm. Doesn't always understand yeah. everything, but he's very well, engaged. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Uh, most 
almost never do the disciples understand things. Right. That's that's one of the beauties. Uh, the, the one of the the beautiful things about the, these stories and the disciples is that they can go on and do. Uh, uh, great things, kind, compassionate things, uh, sharing the, the, the story of, uh, of, of Jesus and God throughout all the world. And they had a lot of dumb moments along the way. Right. <laughs> so um, uh, uh, if you're looking for uh, people who are perfect to carry forward the story of God, you, you, you've, you've missed you, you, you've missed the point. Uh, right. We are... <laughs> If if you're if you can ask and say dumb things, then hey, you're 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 in good company here, right? Um, yeah, yeah, you're definitely you're, part of the group. Exactly, and boy, have I done that. Um, so, two things that stand out to me with the way that this is written, at least in John, uh, one verse thirty is a very tantalizing. Uh, I must know more, kind of a kind of a thing. Uh, you did other signs in in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. How come? What were they? <laughs> you know, like oh my gosh, like uh, uh, any anything uh, uh, um, um, just so amazing or so mind blowing that you couldn't figure out how to write it down. Uh, uh, so potentially. Uh, uh, controversial that you would you, you wouldn't want it to include it in this narrative. I mean, what like what what happened? Uh, yeah. uh, so many so many questions arise from uh, uh, verse thirty for me. Uh, but that, I guess that's my curious nature. Um, well, but, uh, I mean, think of think of it this way. With, just to reinforce what you're saying, not disagreeing in the least, is if Jesus suddenly started to talk about a graphical interface computer and had it described totally perfectly, that probably mm -hmm. wouldn't be written down because everyone got, oh, that, that didn't matter. We don't even know what that meant. <laughs> Let's not write it down. Let's instead talk think, about fishing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, you know, in the future, <laughs> yeah. your, your ancestors will communicate uh, with uh, on a device that they carry in their pocket. I'm like, <laughs> What? Right. What is a what is a device? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you speaking in English, Jesus? <laughs> the one disciple in the corner taking notes is like, I'm not even bothering writing that one down. Yeah. <laughs> that one was so off the wall. I don't even know. I can't even. I can't even right now. You're so extra. You know, parch uh, parchment ink's expensive. We can't waste it on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. But the other thing that, that, that kind of stood out to me a little bit was uh, was verse 31. I don't know how often uh, the author does this in John, but he kind of takes a step out of uh, uh, as a narrator yeah. here. Um, and I don't recall, I mean, we've obviously read a lot from John uh, uh, these uh, this season, and uh, almost exclusively, and... I don't recall uh, him ever doing that, taking a step back and speaking with an author's voice. Uh, uh, yeah, these are not these these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in His name. Like he basically, this is like a, if you were writing a thesis, this would be your opening statement, uh, not not uh, hidden uh, in chapter right. twenty. 
Um, but, uh, but you know, he, he does, he kind of, kind of takes a step back and says, this is why I've written this book. This is why I tell this story in particular, but also, uh, uh, this is the point of, of the overall narrative of what is written here. Right. And the, the one thing that might be helpful to people to know is that where it says, uh, these are written so that you may come to believe. It could also be translated as continue to believe. So this isn't okay. just for the newcomer. This is for the longtime follower of Jesus as well, that it will strengthen their mm. faith. Um, but th this, many scholars believe, was the original ending of the Gospel of John. It sure feels like it, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, and there's, there's one more chapter in... in our Bibles, which um, there's a, there's disagreement back and forth because the, because of the verse we're discussing, but it mm -hmm. looks like it was written probably by the same author who at some point said, "Oh wait, there's this one more really great story I have to put in there, <laughs> right. one more resurrection story." <laughs> PPS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which is the yeah. one, the great fishing story resurrection appearance. Uh, well, okay, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, this was the the concluding sentence at some point of the Gospel of John. And it yeah, is a wonderful summary, and it's similar to what the synoptics have at the beginnings of their Gospels of, here's why I'm writing this. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it's not unusual to have it in a Gospel. It's just in this one, it's at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he buried the lead. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, and uh, the, uh, yeah, and the way ahead. that the and it, the way the concluding sentence of John as it stands now is almost identical, certainly identical in meaning. Meaning, but there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So, in mm. some ways, that that's his the author's answer to your complaint about what else is there? <laughs> like, <Right>. Sorry. <laughs> there, there is not enough parchment to write it all down. No, still not a satisfying answer. But, <laughs> right. <okay. laughs> but it is almost as if people um, have been talking about this for, you know, some months and they go, okay, look, okay, one more story and that's all that's going to be written story. down by me. <laughs> <laughs> one more story and then you've got to go to bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, um, well, I think it is fair uh, for us to spend some time uh, here on this story. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I focused on uh, the, the tail end just because uh, it, it, it stood out to me, the, the, the difference. But speaking yeah. of the difference, do we have anything uh, or do you have anything on your end uh, that, that discusses uh, what the difference in the story being told here is between the different Gospels. How many do all the Gospels have this story in it? This is I the only Gospel that has it. Okay, this is the only. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say I was I was thinking half of them did and half of them didn't, but uh, I guess it's just the one. Um, yeah, and it's so such a powerful the, story. We do kind of presume they almost have it, but no. Yeah, the right? story of Thomas in the resurrection only occurs in John. And like I said uh, before, uh, I, I think I think we um, can um, give 
Thomas a little bit of a break because realistically, yes, this would be um, the the natural reaction. Um, I, I, I personally believe that uh, the first couple of verses of this reading are very heavily edited because there's no chance in the world that the disciples locked in a house for fear of the Jews and still unsure as to what's going on. Last week we had the, the, the story about um, uh, um, Peter running to the tomb and then just up and leaving. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, uh, they are in a locked room, afraid, and then suddenly Jesus comes out of a corner of the house and just kind of says, hey, peace be with you. There's no way that they didn't, like, freak out <laughs> and uh, uh, maybe some selective uh, 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 Hebrew cursing and uh, fr from <laughs> from shock uh, and uh, there's no way they, they didn't actually have probably the same exact reaction that Thomas did they just edit that out as far as the story goes <laughs> right. the, the, the disciples would be like is it really you They'd, they'd maintain uh, a fair amount of distance, I would imagine, until they did see the hands and the feet and, and, and came to see and believe the same way that, that, that Thomas did. Uh, it's just, it's set up in an editorialized fashion so that you believe like, oh yeah, you know, he came, they saw, and they believed and everything was, was cool. He even has to say, peace be with you twice. So when someone right. says, peace be with you... Uh, I think we've talked about this before. That's your, that, that's, that's the calming effect. That's the, Hey, don't freak out. Uh, yeah. I know something crazy is happening right now. Breathe. Peace be with you. You know, he has to say it twice in this story. Uh, so, uh, they're over there hyperventilating and having mild heart attacks, uh, in, in my mind in the story. Uh, so I, I just find that interesting that, uh, all the disciples except for Thomas get this very nice version of the narrative. <laughs> and then yeah. they, they hold up Thomas who's like, uh, Thomas wasn't here and you know, he didn't believe us. So this is the reason why we're writing <laughs> we're writing it in. <laughs> Author of yeah, was like, I told the guy and he didn't believe me, and so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make you the scapegoat of the story. <laughs> I'm gonna shame him a bit here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's, again, the Gospel of John, as we've said many times through the last year, is far from this happened, this happened, this happened kind of narrative. It's instead every mm -hmm. event that is described is there at, as a metaphor, as a teaching moment, and seldom is it subtle. That John's mm -hmm. probably the easiest Gospel to understand because... It has so many words. <laughs> Everything right. is described in detail practically and uh, certainly a lot of reflection on what it means, and including in this story where you even get to hear what Jesus thinks of the whole series of events. Uh, mm -hmm. The other dimension of this that's fascinating is, and a very modern probably concern, but is what was Thomas's reaction deep down when he came back from fetching dinner or, or, or whatever it was he was doing and, 
and everyone's talking about, hey, Jesus was here. He's like, what? Jesus is resurrected and didn't know I wasn't here? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, why did you choose that point. moment? And it allowed this wonderful teaching opportunity for Jesus. Uh, and so we, we are um, in great debt to Thomas for the moments of you know, maybe even a week of unhappiness that he was not there at that resurrection appearance, which incidentally took place Easter evening. Uh, and then week following is when G Jesus appears again, and that's why we have it on the Sunday after Easter. Um, mm -hmm. But what's neat is that Thomas is redeemed in the narrative. We often forget this, where Jesus says, hey, go ahead, put your finger in my hand and your uh, hand in my side, and instead of doing those things, Thomas simply says, my Lord and my God, which it doesn't say any of the apostles had said the week before, just as they rejoiced. Right. And this, in many ways, is the punchline of the whole Gospel of John. It, it's mm. who Jesus is. Jesus is our Lord and our God. And so Thomas you know, gets, gets the very best line in the whole Gospel by any human. You know, that's interesting that you point that out because I'm thinking back on our conversations over the past many weeks. There are a number of narratives where they, the author dances around uh, official title recognition right. of who Jesus is. Uh, um, you know, during the interrogation by the Romans, mm -hmm. uh, he gets asked and he doesn't say. He talks to the woman at the well and he, you know, uh, quietly... Uh, kind of nudges her towards like, hey, yeah, that's that's me, right? That, that, right. That that one thing that that one, but it, there there's a lot of those little stories around who am I, and it's almost as if he's like going around asking and uh, waiting for someone to get the right answer, and then here yeah. in verse twenty eight, Thomas finally does. Yeah, um, and originally one of the very last sentences of the <laughs> gospel. Now, I, I do, <clears throat> just because it's me, uh, I do also like the possible idea that this was a prank. Hold on, Thomas. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, Jesus and the disciples spent a lot of time together and had to have been, gotten to the point where uh, they had a, a semi-traditional relationship with each other where you, you laugh and you joke and you have some yeah. fun. It could, oh, yeah. Could, couldn't have possibly been like, nope, nope, God's work. None of that now. Right. Uh, you couldn't go um, to all those wedding banquets and never crack a joke. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All the water and the wine. At some point in time, someone's laughing. Um, so anyways, I like to imagine that Jesus appearing to them after they have their freak out, which they edit out, and then after uh, uh, they have conversation, they get to, they probably get to have a, a, a good conversation with Jesus. I like to imagine the other disciples go, look, Jesus, Thomas went back home to check on the sheep or, you know, to uh -huh. check on his brother or something like that. He'll be back next week. Let's do this again. <laughs> and 
I want to, you know, I want to. I want to see, can see can, his face. Exactly. I want to see the look on his face when you step into the room because you gave us all a fright and we have a good chuckle about that. And I got to, you know, uh, go get a clean uh, 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 pair of shorts. Uh, but but let's see what we can do with Thomas. And then so Thomas comes back and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, Jesus was here. And, and like, you guys are because it kind of. Verse 25 kind of sounds like, come on, guys. You, you guys are yeah. pranking me. You know, not, it, I, I'm not buying it. Unless I see the mark of the, of the nails in his hands. You, you guys are full of it. And, and so, uh, to me, this is a prank. Uh, this is, that's what I'm reading into it. They've, they, they wanted to prank Thomas. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking the tradition around Thomas, which we don't know historically whether it's true or not, is that while most of the the rest of the apostles headed, uh, let's see, west from Jerusalem or mm -hmm. uh, to, throughout the Mediterranean area. He went east to India. So it's mm. easy to picture him kind of saying, you know, heck with you guys, I'm going out that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> no more of your pranks. Right. That wasn't funny, guys. Yeah. Still not. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so. one other, just two other, or one or two other trivia pieces. One is that mm -hmm. we've, if you've heard this ver this story before, re almost regardless of the translation in English, uh, the phrase of "I see the mark of the nails in his hands," yada da da da. Um, mm -hmm. That term "hands" could also be translated "arms," and mm. the reason that's important to some people is that. Both um, physiologically and archaeologically, it looks much more likely that people were crucified through um, their a little above their wrists rather than through their hands. Gotcha. That would make more sense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, in terms of debunking the crucifixion stories, uh, which some people have done through the centuries, yeah doesn't have to be the hands. It could be anywhere on the arms. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other part is we're supposed to say to ourselves, well, yeah, a lot of people nowadays say, you know, unless I actually get to see the resurrected Jesus, I ain't going to believe. You know, why did Jesus mm -hmm. stop appearing all those centuries ago? And then you have the uh, concluding words of Jesus, if this is the end of the gospel, the last thing he says is, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. So that's addressed to yeah. all of us, the, anyone who was not in the room at that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other reason why he doesn't keep appearing is because it's not funny. It just wasn't <laughs> funny anymore. The joke got stale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to repeat the joke. I mean, come on. Uh, but uh, um, but yeah, yeah. This is a, I, I I I like all of that though. I like how this is kind of like a. Uh, I, I like the concept that this is kind of a layered ending. Uh, yeah. Uh, this you know originally is twenty nine. Okay, yeah. Let's let, let's add thirty and thirty one. <laughs> and throw on throw on my end cap onto it and. Um, but, uh, um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is uh, I, I I'm still kind of blown away that this is the only book of the uh, of the Bible that the story is in. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think that that was the case. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe we all maybe we all um, uh, find ourselves to be uh, Thomas. Uh, uh, doubting yeah. is is a natural uh, uh, part of human existence, and. Uh, um, but so is, so is believing and, and, uh, um, really in a way you can't have one without the other. Right. And, so. and doubting means we're engaging. It's, yeah. the, it's the old cliche that's only half true, but that the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite <clears throat> of love is apathy. And mm. the opposite of faith is not doubting. The opposite of faith is apathy. Yeah. You just don't care. And that's, yeah. that doesn't leave much room for God to work in. Whereas if we're doubting, in a sense, the conversation has started with God. And so God can respond to us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I think that rounds it out nicely. Uh, yeah. So uh, let us conclude this, your podcast, for April 19th, 2020. Um, we have, if you, if you happen to miss it, we have all of the church services um, online uploaded, uh, there, there, I should, I should call them online services cause that's a, it, because of the nature of the format, uh, definitely different than, than church services in the past and what we've been uploading, uh, um, um, traditionally. So if, if you didn't get a chance to worship with us, celebrate with us during Holy Week, uh, and you would like to go back to that uh, and, and experience that. We have our Monday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil, and Easter Sunday services up on our uh, on our YouTube channel, which is HFEC Videos. Uh, there's also links on our website, which is hfec.org. Uh, and uh, uh, we will have another online worship uh, available starting at 4 o'clock uh, this Saturday. Uh, so uh, that that will be for this uh, service that we that we discussed for, uh, which will be April nineteenth, and you'll be free to celebrate that uh, anytime uh, after four p.m. on Saturday, and uh, continue to create content. Uh, if you have any questions or want to reach out to us in any way, our email is shortcut at hfec dot org, uh, and then. Uh, the other, the other thing that I'll, I'll give a shout out is that I, I look forward to uh, uh, seeing you all in person at some point in time again, uh, and uh, uh, miss you all. And uh, we look forward to uh, uh, maybe, maybe still doing elbow bumps or something, uh, but uh, uh, sharing, <laughs> sharing peace with you in person uh, would be would be a lot of fun. So uh, uh, feel free to uh, uh, join us any way that that, that uh, works for you or, or seems comfortable for you. Uh, and until then, I'm still Ben. And I'm still Bruce. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.